Welcome back to Seen It Before, where we're probably going to say something stupid about your favorite movie because we've seen it all before. I'm Danny. Or Danny's just going to say something stupid. I'm Dan. I feel like I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I just get roasted every time. Yeah, that's that's the whole point of this. I got beer, so I'm okay. Yeah. And we have our returning... I was going to say, I thought Dan was going to call me a guest. At this point, I am. Returning co-host. You used to be the the co-host. Yeah, and now I... um... You're the co-host. I'm here. I'm always. I'm always here. Yeah. I just every day. I'm presence. every day. I'm supposed to do a podcast. I go, man. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't enjoy it most yeah. times. Hey. Well, that's. I love hearing you say that. So welcome. But, I love you so much. A good, you know. But today is my movie. We have yeah. a movie you enjoy. And a lot. today is my favorite movie. Uh, it's not Whiplash. It's very close. It is La La Land. <laughs> it, it's up there. No, you know, no, Danny Chazelle and um, J.K. Simmons. I so. didn't know it's... he was in this until pretty recently. Like I've seen this movie a couple times, but that was before the whole J.K. Simmons thing. So I'm excited to see his face. It's been a while it's since we since we talked about J.K. Simmons. You know, there was a bit, little bit. Because um, I haven't been here. Nobody, nobody knows this other than, than us. But like, uh, <laughs> I wanted to like uh, when we were rebranding the podcast. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to like call ourselves like the, the the official podcast of J.K. Simmons and then like, get him like hire him over cameo to like do like our outro. That would have been fucking awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> just not feasible in any whatsoever. Well, he's not on cameo. If he was, so I would have. Fucking paid How are we going to pay for this? Hey, just <laughs> he's going to pay out of pocket for this. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so La La Land won six Oscars. And snubbed on one big Oscar. <laughs> we'll get to that. But. We will get to that. Uh, so, I mean, what it won originally was Best Actress, Emma Stone. Best Directing, Damien Chazelle. Best Seth's- Cinematography. Uh, best Achievement in Music, written for a motion picture. That makes sense. Best Music. Wait. Oh, original song. Best Original Song. What? Why and are we about this now? Best Production Design. I'm just saying... <laughs> No, no, I'm just doing this now and then teasing that we're talking about the Oscars for this year yes. later on in the podcast. Yeah, this is like our – we had a different movie um, in mind for this one, but then Steph's like, no, I changed my mind. I don't want to watch that today. <laughs> it's, I wanted it's something light and fun. But luckily – 60 degrees out. We are hitting spring. I want a musical. It's 30 yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, well, we're, we're almost out of the, out of the woods. But. <laughs> no. Yeah, but this is, this is still Oscar season. Yes, so. it, it is Oscar season. And the end of Oscar season, but you know, hey, whatever. This is still an Oscar movie. We should probably get on that train. So here we are. Uh, 2017, right? La La Land? I don't know. I think 2016. I didn't come prepared right, yeah. for the intro. I'm prepared was, for the episode. It was 2016 because of the other movie, which we're, we're going to talk about, also came out in 2016. I remember that. Video. Yes, you're right. 2016. So, so. yeah, here we go. Um, let's, let's just get to it. La La Land. Yeah. Uh, we just watched uh, La La Land, L-A-L-A La La, La, La Land. La La, La, La Land. Land. <laughs> is that, is we just watched La La Land. <laughs> but, Seb, I have one question. I have one answer. I probably have more than one answer, to be fair. You like jazz? <laughs> you finally said it. <laughs> also, uh, yeah, I, I really, really do. My coworker and I, my, my coworker and I listen to jazz together every single day. Yeah. Now you you definitely got to think for Damien Chazelle, Jazz, and uh, J.K. Simmons. So it's a uh-huh. it's a great combo right there. Uh-huh. You got he does a little uh, a little like uh, like I, head head bob in a in a, 
I know, you know. <laughs> I regularly listen to Michael Bublé. Like I did this before the Whiplash thing. Like I'm very much like I can go on Pandora, look up like easy listening radio, and I'm, I'm set. Yeah, I don't do easy listening. <laughs> you listen to Nickelback. No. You know how I feel. <laughs> um, anyway, so <clears throat> let's start with. Uh, oh yeah, so the opening scene—it's very, very theatrical, and mm-hmm. it's well done. Like apparently that was like really on a freeway. They shot that on, <laughs> on the freeway in Los wow. Angeles. Yeah. Driving on a bridge like that would terrify me. Yeah. I hate driving with that much traffic would terrify me. That too, but I just <laughs> I hate bridges and like big like concrete things. But also, funny story about that opening song. So, a couple years ago, I was walking to work and it was winter, and I'm listening to that song in my AirPods. You know, dip a tap in, walk and walk in, steppy step. Of course. And I'm walking to the beat of the song, and I'm going down a flight of stairs, and I, oh, I fall down the stairs. <laughs> Scratch my phone screen. I'm all cut up. I've got bruises everywhere, and I'm limping to work. And as I'm falling down the stairs, I just hear do 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 in my headphones. I'm like, is this is this how I go? Clearly, it was not. Well, but I remember you telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, I scratched my phone screen. Be so our the staircase I was on. It was like green and it was metal. Oh yeah, it was and, the fire yeah, escape. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was at work and. And I'm walking down the stairs, and my phone skidded down the railing, and I had to use my nails to get the paint out of my phone screen. Oh, my God. Oof. Yeah, and then that phone sh- that phone was shitting the bed anyway. I, ha- I used to have to use a hairdryer to turn that phone on if it wasn't plugged <laughs> in all the time because the battery was going. If I was at work, I would take a mug and heat up a cup of water and put the phone on top of it after I took it out of the microwave to warm up the phone so it would turn on. Wow, I did not... You didn't tell me any of that. Oh, yeah. That's why sometimes I used to just sit on the floor of the bathroom with the hairdryer running on the back of the phone. I remember that. Yeah, I thought you were just, like, taking a really long shower or something. No, my phone sucked, and then I bought this one. (laughs) Or no. (laughs) You bought it. (laughs) I did. You did? Um, But I gave it to you. Yeah, because you had this much balance left. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I can trade this in, or you can pay off the balance and keep it. So I paid you, it was like $400. Mm. 350 maybe. Mm. Between, like that, it was yeah. between 350 and four. Anyway, long story short. Um, Hololand made you fall. Just call it Hololand. <laughs> I said La La Land. Man, he's really saying different names. You, keep, you said La La Land, and then you said <laughs> Hololand. And he said LA, LA Land. <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? It's like ATAT. <laughs> It is ATAT. L A L A. Anyone who says ADAT is wrong. No, Ad-at. I know. Don't, I, I am well aware that it is ATAT, but I'm just wondering how many times you can say La La Land incorrectly in this podcast. Lay, lay, lay. I really like Hololand. Hololand. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, the whole the whole thing I was talking about this yeah. is the uh, blue moving truck that they open up and there's the random drummers inside. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're, just they're just waiting there the whole time. It had to in have the been hot so. Sun. Well, hot. so I mean, I imagine like. They probably shut it right before they cut to them and open it up back up. But probably. it had to be so hot in there. Yeah. Holy shit. Depending when they shot. But yeah, still, you. like, oh my God. So I saw this in theaters um, in Florida, actually. I was on vacation. And it was yeah. for some reason. I don't know why. But I can I convinced my parents to go because I was like really like movie snob at the time. And um, you, you want to still? Oh, my dad. Fucking! Like, oh, he's just started groaning the second they started singing. He's like, "I didn't know this was a musical." And like, Shuck my dick. Because I convinced him that it was like, that it was Shuck. like a. He listens to the. <laughs> Sorry, I said "shuck my dick," <laughs> like an ear of corn. <laughs> Keep going, Danny. He, he 
All right, so he doesn't like musicals, but I convinced him that it was like just like one of those like modern day where like, oh, they only sing like a little bit and it's not like a full blown musical. Mm. And then like uh Damien Chazelle is just like, Yeah, no, we're gonna have like a complete opening number that's like you know, because like it like he thought it like I, I thought it was gonna be them just kinda like singing a line here and there. No, it's like a <laughs> it's I mean, like a whole thing. Well I'd say it's like Almost, it's half and half. It's, oh, it's almost a musical. There's a lot of music, clearly. Well, yeah. I mean, and like there's a lot of score, and then like because you know all this stuff with like John Legend, I don't consider any of that musical. That's just performance. Yeah, like that's just like concerts. It's um, it's kind of like the way that Rocket Man is a musical. You know? Yeah. Rocket, like, Rocket yeah. Man is significantly more of a musical than this. Like this has more of the Broadway feel, but this has less show tunes in it. Although I guess show technically tunes. speaking, Rocket Man doesn't have any show tunes. No. But it's like if you watch Hairspray, or if you watch Rent, and then you come back to this, this has like a. Fr- I would I would say that this is like a fraction of the songs. Yeah. Especially because they same they mm-hmm, they sing the same song like six times. Yeah, there wasn't too much like singing in no. the movie overall, which is the good. opening number is really really fun too. I think it's very well done. Mm-hmm. I can understand why, like. Some of the other songs, it's like okay, like whatever, like this, like someone in the crowd. It's a fine song. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like the opening number. Um, well, and, actually, then you, and then you just have to sit through "City of Stars" five times, and then the music is done. <laughs> that actually reminds yeah. me. Uh, one of my notes is, um, "What's your favorite song in the movie?" So yours is probably like "Another Day of Sun." Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Is it my aunt used to? No, to it's not that one. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, oddly like I'll shit on City of Stars. It's beautiful. It's so good. I adore the song. Probably okay. specifically, um, I really like at the end. There's like a reprise where Mia is humming it. I really really like that. Although there's technically, I guess I'll look at the soundtrack. Right now it might be City of Stars. What's yours? I don't know the names of them, but I'm gonna go with the first one. Yeah, no, first I another day of sun. Yeah, I yeah. like that one. Mine is um, it's not really a song, but it's uh. <laughs> Just because of the name, uh, classic rope a dope. That's my favorite song. Yeah, that's just score. That's well, not it's the score. Yeah, it, well, so, so if, it if is we're the considering score. the score, well, like planetarium. The, yeah, yeah, but that's what with the full blown like the everything comes. comes. So mm-hmm. like the, you have the the light motif, like the um, I don't know how do 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 do. Yeah. That's like that's played throughout, mm-hmm. but like. In a planetarium, that's when the whole everything comes like together, the, yeah. the entire or orchestra comes together mm-hmm. to do because we've heard like little parts of it here and there, but uh, yeah. Also, looking at it, there's only one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven songs with actual singing, including yeah. John Legend, excluding the end where she's humming. Okay. And three of those songs, two of those songs, I think, are City of Stars. Yeah, that's so not, there's really not a lot of... No. It's not really... A, I mean, it's a musical, but it's barely one. Yeah. It's it's, it's just... It's a story about music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a little yeah. bit of acting. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like... Um, you know how L.A. It's it's a love letter to L.A. Like another mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's love and hate. It's where dreams are... Made. Sweet a, dreams just, are made of these, it's just, it's, so it's oh kind of that whole thing. It's just it's a lot more ro- <laughs> also quite literally, but it just aesthetically, it's a lot more romantic than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 
but it really I, has no, like I a conspiracy even... that did Cliff kill his wife? <laughs> <laughs> like nah. I don't, I don't mean romances and like couples. I, you, I mean like how she says like, oh, like you got ripped off. It's not that romantic, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's like that's what there's like an elegance, yeah. to the mm-hmm. to the al- the entire atmosphere of this movie. Everything pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, oh, is the opening number a single shot? I just kind of noticed. That. I think um, it's it wouldn't few. surprise me because um, um, the one with where they're dancing for the first time that because that's all one shot where they're looking for her car. Oh yeah, the car parking lot yeah. scene. Um, I don't. A know. lovely night. Oh right. Yeah, that's all one shot. Yes, that one yeah. is one shot. That one. So it wouldn't surprise well me if the done. opening number is one shot. I rem- uh, yeah, I, like I noticed kind of halfway through. I'm like, is this one shot? So that, I don't know if they cut that, in the beginning. That's a but. Damien Chazelle thing, though. Like he. Is known for like those long shots, not necessarily one shots, but the long shots that kind of continue on. Well, for I mean, a look while. at the ending of Whiplash, <coughs> that concert scene. Yeah, like the, I like the, the he he does it again in this movie, but he does. Um, I noticed that he would do like the whip pan. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, you go from Fletcher to Neiman to Fletcher to Neiman. He's back really and forth. really big on that. They do the same thing a little bit in um in this movie where they're going from Mia or yeah Mia watching Sebastian play and then Sebastian playing. Mm-hmm. It's so. lunacy, one might say. Shut oh up. My so God. That, they said it three times. They said the it three times in the movie, but it. It said it three like times in the first like ten minutes. She was what? She was reading her life. I don't know. It's don't lunacy. Know why, you, why you fucking? I've never heard the word, so it's, it does stand out. It's a weird word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> Damn it, Wreck, bitch! Uh, this seems t- so. And the story, the kind of story starts with uh, Mia, and she wor- We find out she works at a coffee shop. And, Quick note um, on that. Quick note on coffee shops. Why is it in every fucking musical is a goddamn coffee shop? I don't. Well, know. It's always some also, person in a coffee shop. Well, because it's very. <laughs> I was gonna write say something about that. Cause well, because I feel like in cities, like you. You're gonna have like the bougie people who go out and buy their coffee every day, and it's just easy to become a barista. Yeah, it's, it's true. easy. It's, it's like, simple. It, it's like a trope um, at this point. Yeah, which is also probably that's absolutely why it's in this movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's it good a, that it's on a movie set though. Like mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense for yeah. the movie the way they did it. It's like you know, so this seems to be like the main route that all like undiscovered and like eventually great talents seem mm-hmm. to. They always have seem to have like the, I guess, not not shitty life, but like. Um, they have to really work for their art and stuff. And then you find out that they, they are undiscovered talents and like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so it, it kind of reminds me of, cause I saw a TikTok the other day. Um, Fez from euphoria. He's like really big Fez. now. Angus cloud. He's a funny guy. Um, there's a video out there where he was waiting tables yeah. and he, he was in this girl's TikTok mm-hmm. from four years ago. Uh, and just waiting tables. And now he's like a big name. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You know, it's like, the the greatest talents come from the. I'm not saying he's he's the greatest talent or anything, but but um, I get what you're saying. You know, like well, um, hidden talents come from all over the place. David like, Diggs was homeless, right? Yeah, he graduated college. I think, and then I think he was like a substitute teacher, couldn't afford everything, and he was sleeping on his kid, like his not his kids, his friends' couches, just bouncing around the city, mm-hmm. and then he wound up in Hamilton. Yeah, hmm. it's like I feel like you have to like real if you want to truly be an artist, you have to you have to have a you period can of struggle. Really you, I feel like you can really tell a difference between the people who work and like they're very scrappy in their heart that they like work hard to get there and the people where it's kind of handed to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can kind of tell the difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why we talk more about fucking, I don't know, who's like an actor that like. Well, I really like, I got to give a lot of credit to actors where like their parents are famous, but you can't really tell. Like my best example is John David Washington. Mm-hmm. He he's really good. He's so good, and I feel like 
He's I'm the sure, exception actually, to the rule, I think. I feel like, like, obviously, like, there's connections and whatnot, but it's just, he's so disconnected from... Mm-hmm. Is that, Denzel's his dad, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's so disconnected from that. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, one one actor that I think really, I mean, obviously made a name for himself, um, just by... I mean, sure, he's connected, but, like, I think he definitely made a name for himself was Nicolas Cage. Because he's yeah. connected to the Coppola family, He's like oh. a, a distant cousin or nephew yeah. or something that. like that. And, um, you know, but obviously he's created his own brand. Mm-hmm. And I think I think at one time he was bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was after his success or before it. So I'm not positive. Well, I feel like it's just like the celebrities who I feel like really go through the worst. Brendan Fraser. I was going to yeah, say Robert. Brendan, well, I was going to say Robert Downey Jr. Hollywood. Yeah, he hit rock bottom and mm-hmm. now he's the biggest, most one of the second names, most yeah. paid grossing actor in the world. Mm-hmm. Gotham loves a comeback story. <laughs> I had Shut to say, I had to say it. I had to say it. Yo, I'm so excited for uh, Brendan Fraser's comeback. Um, J.K. Rowling, she was literally homeless before she wrote Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and um, she, you know, and I and I was actually watching a podcast the other day, and like they, they said that like because now her stuff. I mean, if you have you if you read the Fantastic Beasts screenplays, mm-hmm. she's she wrote them. They're not great. No. And so I think something about that struggle and that like just like you're hungry for just anything. Yeah. That makes you way more creative Mm -hmm. and and just better as an artist. You have more passion. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely something to do with that. And I feel like a lot of people, I want to say, kind of lose it. You know, somebody who hasn't lost that passion on the topic of authors. Brandon Sanderson. (laughs) What is this man doing? We're so off track right now. It's okay. But like during the pandemic, um, Brandon Sanderson wrote five books. And he's like, hey, I've been lying to you. Um, He wrote five books in two years. He's like, I'm sorry. I have to tell you the truth. Did like one of those clickbait videos. He's like, surprise. I wrote a secret book. And he's like, just kidding. I wrote two. Just kidding. And then it's five. It's like, the fuck? (laughs) He he posted a Kickstarter in... nine hours he raised how many million dollars i thought you said something like two million i thought it was more than that anyway but it's like money it's like it's just the kind of like the thing that we're like where we, we you, you divide yourself from that's what this movie is really trying to tell you or create a message around is um you know if you want it bad enough you can achieve it and um you know, so you know these are all just success stories when people who've really struggled to get in the entertainment business, all aspects of it. So. Yeah, Damien Chazelle. Sorry, no, this is obviously Oscar bait because they got nominated for fourteen fucking Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In so, like, not you know, we'll, I'll I'll get into that later. We'll but, come back to that. Yeah, okay. Damien Chazelle loves the story of a struggling artist, and it's because it's so personal to him. Like well, yeah, because I think a lot of Whiplash was based on his personal experiences. Yeah, he was a jazz student, and he did have like I, I feel like that's like a thing with like with like music teachers. I know very few good music teachers. I had a couple of fucked up music teachers in school. Yep. Like when I was in elementary school, my music teacher literally threw a chair at a kid. No pun intended, but like you didn't play the note right. What's with music? We were like seven, <laughs> but it's like what's with music teachers throwing chairs? Because now I can name two. One of them is not real, but. <laughs> That's point. Anyway, uh, right off the bat, Emma Stone deserves that Oscar just from like I, I think just from that scene that she was doing like on the phone <clears throat> that she was practicing in the car where she starts like instantly crying and I'm just like, all right, damn, so, I could never do that, you know. So 
She, I think, only got the Oscar because there was not many people nominated for Best Actress. That I gotta say, good Ooh, that's a that's an interesting I've take. Been, I was very open about this while we were watching the movie. I don't like the casting in this. Right. Yeah. So you were saying before. I really, really don't like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Well, one second. Right. Hold on. Let me look over. They the just. Head. I just really. I don't get that. Like, I don't get that hunger and that scrappiness from them in this movie. Well, because they're like at the top of their game. Yeah. In this movie, so like at the time. What were you going to say? The five nominees for Best Actress that year mm-hmm. were Emma Stone for La La Land, Isabel Huppert for Elle, Ellie, Ellie, I don't know. Never heard of it. Ruth Nega for Loving. Stop. <laughs> That's a close one. But no, I, I get you. <laughs> Natalie Portman for Jackie and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. So there's not really much competition besides that. That is bullshit. Meryl getting nominated for that piece of shit performance? I'm saying. That's why Emma Stone won. That, that is bullshit. She kind of didn't have much competition. Florence Foster Jenkins. Fucking terrible movie. I haven't seen it, but like, also one, I, I, you got, I got to say, like, it's Meryl. Yeah, I know. She's going to get the nomination no matter what. <sighs> it's, uh, Deal with it. It just pisses I me really, off. I don't really get the Meryl Streep hatred. I kind of like Because you liked her in Devil Wars Prada. I did. She was good. That's a, that's a role where she, you know, because, oh, wait, I'm not saying she's a bad actress. It's just saying, I'm just kind of are, though. She's fucking everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's just, and like, she could sneeze and get a fucking Oscar mm-hmm. nomination. I'm sure it would be elegant sneeze, though. It's <laughs> you. No, like, it's, not, it's not Meryl. But yes, that's so, that's not, <laughs> since we're talking about Oscars, let's just get into this right now. The 2022 Oscars are coming up as of recording next week. Well, as of release next week. <laughs> um, so we got a few things going on here I for have this not year. Watched I didn't see I, like any of so, these movies, which like I want to go into later. But let's start with um, best actor in a leading role. So there's one obvious answer. There is only one obvious answer, and you're right. Uh, so there's Javier, Bar- Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch with The Power of the Dog, which I haven't seen. Uh, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith for King Richard. I've heard that's very good for him. But, but it's Will Smith. And Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. So, Ooh, okay, hold on a second. There's a lot of competition this year. I have one it obvious is. answer. There's a lot of I think it's between Andrew Garfield and Denzel. I agree. Yeah. And Denzel is basically the Meryl of like men. Yeah. Although we haven't seen... But, like, any of them besides Tick, Tick, Boom. You watched part of Power of the Dog, but like... I fell asleep. It exactly. was boring. So, Benedict Cumberbatch was all right. He he plays a different... He plays like a dick, basically. Okay. He plays a, he does a, that well. a Western dick this time. You know. Like Yeehaw? Yeah. He's a, he Is plays, Benedict Cumberbatch a cowboy? Yeah, he's a cowboy in it. God. Yeah. So like Daniel Craig, Southern Drawl, or is it like... Oh. Wait, um, like in... Um, it's kind of more... It's like Stephen Strange if he would like lived in like Nebraska. Okay. Okay. Nebraska. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. I need to watch this You movie. probably fall asleep. I don't know, man. All right. Um, so there's our obvious answer there. Let's go to actress in a leading role. Oh. Haven't seen. I haven't seen any of these either. So Jessica. I think I know who it's going to go to, though. Okay. Uh, Jessica Chastain for the eyes, In the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Or The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, Kristen Stewart, 
Spencer. That's the it's going to Kristen Stewart. It's going to Kristen. It's That's not just like not even. I've heard, I don't care. She's the only one I've heard about. So, but also I don't. One, she did such a good role. She put so much effort into becoming Princess Diana. More importantly, it's Princess Diana. She's gonna win the fucking Oscar. Yeah. The mm. entire world is so obsessed with Princess Diana, and from what I've heard, Kristen Stewart did so much like justice for her. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and let's go to the final one. Best picture. I haven't seen any of these. Um, I've seen. I've heard some of them. A lot of one of them. If Drive My Car isn't nominated or is nominated, that's going to win because I've heard a lot about that one. Uh, I've also heard a lot about Coda. Um, and what's uh, I will just say them. Okay, so shut the fuck up. We're just Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, <clears throat> fuck that movie, um, man. <laughs> Drive My Car, yeah. Dune, King Richard. Licorice Pizza, which I want, which I want to see. I want to see that one too. Nightmare Alley, which you saw, not breastplate picture worthy. Power of the Dog, which you half saw. Yeah, <laughs> and West Side Story. I know it's not getting that. So no, I mean, Nightmare Alley's pretty good. I gave it a four and a half star. Um, really good story, easy to follow. Guillermo del Toro, but it's not like Shape of Water good, you know. I gotta say, and I know that I think you both disagree with that. I haven't seen Don't Look Up. A lot of people I'm friends with really, really liked it. I know. A lot of people I work with really, really liked it. You know it why too. they liked it? <laughs> it's because it just spits back the ideology back at them. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just that, too. Like, it's got some comedy. The, yeah, only, I mean, the only thing that I am aware of is I can't believe he's making us pay for the snacks. Th- that's a good bit. I like that bit. It's also like. And like fucking Timothy Chalamet, true. like, being like, I what? love fucking. Fingerlings or whatever. Fingerling potatoes. The only thing... That's fair. <laughs> the biggest problem with this movie to me is that it's... I work in the news. Yeah, you work in news. Yeah. So I have. see this shit every day. Yeah. I don't want... I want to escape reality that's fair. when it comes to this. And the, this movie did the exact opposite. It's almost uh-huh. like that's what movies were made for, right? <laughs> yep. It's supposed to escape reality. So and that's... let me get to my point of, you know, it's yeah. almost like... It almost feels like there's a like a disconnect between modern day audiences and the Hollywood elite. But I don't. Yes. But I also don't know if that's true because I've heard a lot more good about this movie than bad. All right, well, I mean, well, your side of, you know. Yeah, I guess my side of media and also just like the people I'm friends with. Yeah, I mean, but listen, I, I I can name if they liked it. I'm not hating on them. I can name all it. the people who have heard shit on this movie on one hand, and I'm looking at two of them, and I work have with the s- other one. I mean, I if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score of Don't Look Up mm-hmm. compared to everything else, it's rotten. It's literally rotten on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. and it's a Best Picture nominated. It's you know, so not even like not, it, their own, not even score. the own people that well, like would review also, this movie like it. You have to consider that Meryl and Leo are in it, yeah. <laughs> so like it's gonna be nominated. Yeah, quality and, and aside, J-Law. and J Law. J Law's pretty good, you know, but it's it's it's. It's insulting to one side of the the political aisle, and then it's it just critiques in a bad way. It's just it's just a bad metaphor for climate change, and you they could have done a lot more. But I don't. This move this podcast isn't about that movie. Yeah. So, well, the but Hollywood in general is kind of they don't have any really good original ideas that actually interest people. That's the thing. There's no interesting ideas out there. Like. Well, it's hard even, because everything's been done. Yes, everything's been done. 
I disagree with that. There's there's been seven story archetypes since the beginning of time. We found we somehow found a way to tell different stories for hundreds and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. I think that's we there's there's tons of stories waiting to be told, but it's just people are trying to are trying to mold it in a diff, in a way that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And there are other problems with like promoting these movies some of them are so low budget they don't have like a social media campaign for the movie and it just yeah kind of goes in theaters and then just hope for the best somebody's bored enough to watch it mm-hmm. oscar so. campaigns are a real thing <laughs> yes. and you know and it's it's like you have to find the sweet spot of like like um prestigious yet has the money backing it so you're never going to see you're never going to see like a, a really good independent film be nominated unless it, it makes a giant impact at can or or the you know uh sundance festival or something like that but you're never going to see like the batman get a get like a best picture nomination well interesting you mentioned that um i don't think it's gonna get best picture nomination next year for 2023 we're gonna forget it by then but it's ironic that you know Kristen stewart's getting nominated and robert pattinson might get nominated for best actor as batman i don't know they're just kind of the twilight well, it's, it's people really, here really interesting that maybe if you pull really talented actors mm-hmm. out of their shitty franchises yep. you see how talented they are yep crazy uh, and maybe hey why don't we briefly talk about if we could recast uh la la land who you would put in Yes, that's a good um, idea. Because this is a very good transition for me. It is. Because I don't like Ryan Gosling. He doesn't have that scrappiness for me. He doesn't have the talent. But you know who has both of those? Are you going to say Ryan Reynolds? Andrew Garfield. Okay. Okay. Prove it. I'm kidding. Just explain. Just explain I, well, explain I'm just yourself. saying, because like, I've, I've, <laughs> I've seen both Social Network and Tick, Tick, Boom recently. Yes. And if you toss those two together, I feel like you kind of have that, like, it's hard for me abrasive, to abrasive like scrappiness. It's hard for me to picture that because Ryan Gosling has kind of like a steely attitude, and I don't mm-hmm. think and Andrew Garfield could try to pull that off, but he just he just the way he looks and like flankiness. I just don't think he has the kind of like like the the well, but it's the also suave kind of thing. Because I also I think. I'm such a big fan of Whiplash, so I really don't see, like, thinking of, like, the, just, like, fight for, like, like a jazz artist. I'm thinking of Neiman and not as much Sebastian. And I feel, because, like, where Sebastian's, he, you say he's, like, suave and sleek and just, like, he's just steel. Yeah. And I don't view Neiman as that. That man is just like a... Well, Neiman's a fucking rat. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not... I would like to see more rat, I guess. Well, than, I'm, not, I'm not saying Andrew Garfield's than, that, though. No, but I'm saying I think he could do that better instead then, of just being a block of steel Ryan Gosling. I, I feel got, like Ryan Gosling really doesn't give us a lot. And I don't know if that's the writing or if it's Ryan Gosling's performance. It's hard for me to, like picture a different i'm also hardcore on the andrew garfield bandwagon right now and i recognize that but i I mean he deserves that oscar i think oh absolutely but i like looking at what he just gave us in tick tick boom i feel like he could have done wonders in this but also we would have to i also don't like him i don't like emma stone or ryan gosling i've said that multiple times but we very clearly have to replace her (laughs) well i've got a casting video for um sebastian it's the guy i always get mixed up with ryan gosling jake gyllenhaal 
I don't no. think he can sing. I don't. I'm not saying you never said he had to sing. I feel like he's to too. To he's too hated right now. At least no, I know. Not, no, not even that. He's too like. What's the word that I want? Ryan Shoogie. Ryan Reynolds. Is, <laughs> no, Ryan Reynolds is too. Like he's just a flat surface. Not Ryan Reynolds. He's not Ryan said, Reynolds. Fuck Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I hate, yeah. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is a flat surface. Jake Gyllenhaal is like too abrasive. Okay. Right, who would you replace Emma Stone with? I don't know, but I want to replace I got, her. I got one. Uh, the other person who went for the role, Emma Watson. <laughs> no. 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 I don't think she sings very well, but I feel like she could have been interesting in this. But I also think that she sings better than Emma Stone. No, I think compared to Emma Stone. But again, get them out of the franchises. She yeah. has. She would have two. I think she would bring something too cocky to the character compared to Emma Stone. So she, Emma Stone's supposed to be struggling and like kind of like unsure of herself. I think. I think Emma Watson would more or less. I also feel have like too much confidence. I have a very different. Maybe I have a very different portrayal in my head of Emma Watson than you have. Because I feel like when you, when you see Emma Watson, what do you think of first? Well, who doesn't think of Harry Potter? <laughs> Me, because I haven't seen the movies. Well, you think of Bella then? Yeah. Yeah. I don't connect her to Hermione, so I view her as Emma Watson and not Hermione Granger. Well, even Emma Watson herself is very a very cocky person. I've seen her in interviews. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know. You know, acting I don't is... Think I, a, I don't think that's a bad idea, though. I th- I don't know I don't I it's don't. It's also it's really hard to recast movies after they've come out and done so well. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like I can't like, picture you... yeah. that Sebastian is a different character other than the way Ryan Gosling portrayed him. Don't... It's hard for me to like. Emma so Stone I, I wouldn't know definitely did better in the role than Ryan Gosling, but I really feel like Ryan Gosling gave us a lot of nothing. Yeah, yeah, and weirdly, the story is more about him. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Taron Edgerton also could have been interesting. That would have been good. I think that because w- we've seen him. Because he can also sing. Yeah. So this is uh, something stupid. Oh god. But uh, do you guys know the uh, Star Wars name for jazz? Do 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 do. Yeah. Guess what kind of music that's called in the Star Wars universe? Isn't that what? just cantina music? No, it's called jizz. <laughs> Did you Google this? <laughs> Yes. Where do you find this shit? And how accurate is that actually? Look it up. It's I'm pretty I sure it's on Wikipedia. To. I don't want to. I don't want to look up jizz on my it's phone. It's called jizz. <laughs> so try to make me look up saying. jizz on my phone. This podcast is all over the place, but I want to go back to the Oscars because we didn't really talk about the 20s. Wait, no, one more thing. Um, also, fun fact, uh, J.K. Simmons is nominated for an Oscar this year. Yes, he is. Yep, that's all. Anyway, back to the 2017 Oscars. Because I had to wrap up that one now. Okay. Um, Do we want to say the big thing that happened at the 2017 Oscars? Yes. Well, yeah, but I'm not going to. I literally don't hey. have that written down in my notes because we all know it. Yeah, we all yeah. know. Well, okay. So I, I watched seen... it live, though. Yeah, so I think I did, too. Very, it's the last one I watched live. It was very fun to watch. <laughs> I haven't seen Moonlight. Yeah. So I can't compare the two. Moonlight definitely deserved like oh, over absolutely. this movie. I'm not going to doubt it. This movie got so many nominations because it's like it's the Hollywood story and of yeah. course they're going to nominate it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's sort of it's sort of like, you know, easy ball getting the it's written in the stars you might say. Yeah. Wasn't this I feel like this is either the same year or very close to the same year where like Steve Harvey announced the wrong woman for like Miss Universe or whatever. Yeah. I yeah. think I think they happened very close to each other. <laughs> it's just it was just funny. But yeah, uh 
you know, obviously they called, they said La La Land won because the, I think the guy who actually made the postcards mm-hmm. or the, you know, what the, 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 whatever they're called, the, the, say the card, the cards, um, <laughs> he got fired because he designed it like poorly mm-hmm. because it said, it said in big letters, like it was the best actress, uh, you know, the best actress, uh, card that he, that Warren Beatty read. And it said La La Land in big letters. And then it said best actress in really small letters down at the bottom. Oh, okay. So that's how he, that's why he got confused. Yeah. And, you know, he, when he's leading up to it, he's like, he's trying to read it like, oh, is that right? You know? Yeah. But he said it anyway. And then, you know, uh, very awkward moment in live, recent uh, live TV. So, um, not too recent anymore. So here's another interesting thing because when I was looking at nominations that year, first of all, this year was very stacked because this is also the year of Arrival. And Arrival was such a... It was a very, very good movie. Yeah. I feel like everything it was nominated for, it did really well. But Denis Villeneuve just... I think he, he's gotten an Oscar for every recent movie since 2016. First of all, Zootopia won over Moana, which is really, really interesting looking back now. I did like For Zootopia animated. They were both good, but Moana's so much better than Zootopia. I've seen it once, so I can't... Zootopia really... tells the message, though. Moana's good, and it has The Rock. Yeah, um, rocks overrated. he's overrated. Also, um, <clears throat> this was the year that they did the OJ um, like docu series yep. thing. Uh, we watched that. Um, it wasn't so it wasn't my business law class, but I had a study hall during this period of business cl- business law this year, so I got to in my study hall just watch that <laughs> while they watched it in business law. So that was fun. <laughs> and also, um, Suicide Squad won an Oscar that year. Yep, best makeup. Yeah, that's. There were also only three things nominated in that category, but it's so weird saying that Suicide Squad is an Oscar like winning. That movie. pissed me off yep. when that happened. Yep. Yep. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, Whip or. La La Land. Well, actually, La La Land. La La Land. I know, but I'm going to talk about it. Well, actually, there's a couple things to talk about here. First of all, I know you took one note that involved Whiplash. I could have took a few, yeah. Okay, interesting. I'm getting to it. Okay, you go. So um, my one note says uh, gasp, because Mm -hmm. uh, that's when the man, the myth, the legend himself. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend. J.K. Simmons shows up on screen. Fan theory here now. And he yeah. just, he just absolutely, well, he doesn't berate, but he like, he's just like, what fucking planet are you on? Like, <laughs> yeah. Know? He's like, just calling Ryan Gosling out. He's like, you're a fucking idiot. You're fired. Mm-hmm. And um, that made me think, like, he's got the demeanor of a certain someone that we've seen him play before. This is the same universe. Yeah. They, I'm, absolutely. I'm definitely thinking mm-hmm. he's Fletcher. So Neiman at the end of Whiplash. Neiman succeeds, and mm-hmm. then I have a feeling that he grew an ego and was like, fuck you, Fletcher, for all the shit you torment. Mm-hmm. Kind of deserved. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Fletcher, out of shame, um, retires, changes his name, goes mm-hmm. to L.A. to run a jazz bar. Yeah. Um, the only reason that I don't think this – I think this might not be real is because I don't think Fletcher ever, ever in his life would ever make somebody play Christmas music at his pub or at his bar. That's fair. He also, I don't think he was wearing the classic tight black t-shirt. Correct, yeah, he was. He was wearing a suit and, you know. Mm. But he has to change his whole style, kind of. Yeah, maybe he's in, like, the witness protection program. He's kind of running a restaurant, (laughs) He's not doing a very good job at being in the witness protection program. We can see right through you. But, um... Obviously, on the topic of Whiplash, going into this, I said that La La Land was my favorite movie. It's not. It's just, like, Whiplash is... It's got to take the cake. J.K. Simmons stuff aside, 
Like I can, I can mm-hmm. separate yep, the two. Yeah, yeah. But Blash is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. That's why I liked it. You just the first <laughs> thirty minutes and the last twenty minutes are very very rewatchable. I don't give a fuck about anything in the middle. I don't care about it. I don't. Oh, care La La Land. No, Whiplash. Whiplash. <laughs> well, that's that's actually a point I wanted to bring up about about this movie that I noticed that like. Mm-hmm. Damien Chazelle movies, I, there's only three of them. Mm-hmm. But Damien Chazelle movies. Directed, s- directed. Directed, yeah. They seem to drag towards the second half. After we get past the midpoint, it just. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. caught it. Yeah, you're not wrong. It doesn't man. rush, it drags. But you're I think it kind of rushes in the end a little bit. Yeah. It, Whiplash doesn't rush in the end. Whiplash kind of does the obvious. It just kind of hits a. Whiplash specifically hits a slog in the, like, in the after, middle. After the he beats the shit out of Fletcher, yeah, and then it was just kind of like okay, oh he's going back to the concert, so that's cool. Yep. And then so this movie after they kiss, and they have, well, they have an argument. The only thing notable is they have an argument scene, um, after, mm-hmm. um, where they they basically, um, where they where they um they find out they've been con- uh, diverging in their career paths. Mm-hmm. Like Se- Sebastian is not doing what he wants to do, but um, he blames he blames Mia for that because um, he's like, I-, I thought you wanted me to have a steady job, and he's like, yeah, but so you could chase your dream, and then you know nothing's really working out for Mia on the acting side. So they're both kind of mad at each other at themselves, but me putting yeah, on the yeah, other, that, yeah, taking it out on each other because it's easier. Yeah, and I thought it was a very good natural scene, mm-hmm. like you know subtext is galore. So I thought that was a really nice scene. Um, then, then the ending, basically, where they or well, they decide to break up. Then five years later, then the ending happens, mm-hmm. and then the message of the, or the moral of the story that Chazelle kind of I think unpopularly says that you should follow your dreams despite any human connection. I think it's more mm-hmm. like just don't give up on your dreams, don't give up hope. Right, but like he, moral. but he made a he made a direct message saying. He sacrificed the relationship that you could have been happy in, because this relationship over here with your dream is more. And I think that I personally, I think that might have been the wrong decision, because I've seen a lot of actors and like a lot of people on top, uh, you know, millionaires and billionaires, say that like once you get to the top, after you're done grinding. You're not really happy, mm-hmm. and I've wa- I watched the uh, yeah, Alan drive. Richson. Yeah. He's the guy from Blue Mountain State. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an interview, and he said that like I didn't know. Nobody tells you once you get to the top that there's just nothing there. It's mm-hmm. it's all about it's all about if you do what you're if you're doing what you what you love. That's that should be the ultimate goal. So you should be doing what you love in the moment. And you shouldn't have a you shouldn't really have a goal like thinking oh it's going to get so much better once I reach this certain moment because what he's saying is that that's not what it's that's not what it is you have to be enjoying and truly fulfilled at the start basically hmm. yeah I mean it's that's a good message I mean it's just a metaphor for life what you should do it's like one of the right things to do I'm just rambling here. Say something, please. I, I, just, <laughs> I just think Chazelle has a. Di- I mean, he definitely has a different outlook than most other people that are have reached the heights mm-hmm. that he has. Yes. Well, because I feel like being famous and like 
being rich is glamorized too much. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, just, I would not want to be famous. It seems fucking miserable. Yeah. I don't want it. Like, sure, like, you know, money, cool. But also, like, I like having privacy and, like, not being watched like a hawk 24 7 i could not do it no amount of money you could give me would make me okay with that but just remember big brother's always watching (laughs) we always hear the stories of like um i actually i remember like lil xan this is really weird (laughs) but he he said that he doesn't have any freedom Mm-hmm. To do, he doesn't have control. He can't even drive drive his own fucking car, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have power over his bank account. Once he reached that certain level of fame, he signed away yeah. his freedom and um, his privacy to be uh, in the moment for like you know. It's nobody really no uh, no offense to Lil Zan, nobody really remembers him now. So, so every year on the same day, whether it's posted or recorded, Billie Eilish does an interview with Vogue. And it's, oh, this is what happened this year. This is what happened this year. And it's like, oh, in the first year, it was like 2017, 18, whatever. She's like, oh, I have like 200,000 followers on Instagram. And then the next year, she had like 20 million. And you can just see her getting more and more unhappy over the years. Mm. And then now, like, Billie Eilish is pretty open about the fact that she's low-key miserable. Like, she's like, I don't have friends. Because it's like, you know, in the industry, you have like... You have like you have like you have work they're work friends, you know? Yeah. It's like having like coworkers that you're yeah. friends with. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's just he's just dude is unhappy. She's mm-hmm. like, I literally just don't have friends. Yeah. And it's it's hard because you know, you look at them, it's like, oh, you like you have so much money, you could get anything you ever wanted, but at the same time it's like, oh, like that's really shitty to say because what, money can buy cost? you a lot, but also like money can quite literally buy you anything, but also buying friends sucks. Uh-huh. Because it's not genuine. And like, damn, it just seems so fucking miserable to be famous. That actually reminds me of, of, of a different podcast that we did um, on Pop Star. Yeah, they did it more lighthearted. Yep. But you know, they uh, Connor for real. He was at such a low point at the height of his success, mm-hmm. and you know, it took you know he has like a rivalry with his with his old friend that let, ended up leaving the band uh, or the group, and they get back together, and he's just like, I just really liked. Like he's like, oh, I turned down this award show because I just really liked hanging out with you guys, making music in this barn. Yeah, you know, they're in a barn. So, <laughs> so I just feel like that a lot of artists kind of have to go down this rabbit hole of fame and drugs and you know, just like overall bullshit. Yeah, and they want to feel something. They need right. some, literally. They need something to keep them grounded. Like in reality, they yeah. need something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Like, well, but then, then you know, there's only a few people that have come out on top that have gone through their demons and gone through this big whole, I guess, bullshit um, to be fulfilled with themselves. Well, cause you work so hard to get to the top. And then when you're at the top, you're like, what do I do when you're lost and you don't feel anything? And then you make yourself struggle again. Right. Yeah. And then to, you come back out on top. You have to have a challenge it's a, it's a cycle. Yeah. And you know, like i what Robert Downey Jr. Did it. Um, I, well, I hope he's fulfilled as an artist, you know, he doesn't have to work a day in his life, but I think he just genuinely enjoys it, which is great for him. So I would like to see kind of a sequel to La La Land, if anything, of, you know, them, of like Mia and Sebastian figuring out that like, you know, like they they saw it. I think the movie at the end, at the end of the day tells you this is the right decision. But I don't think... I th- I don't think they're done with their 
I guess, journeys. They because they they have to suffer a little more. They have to understand. Well, also, they're still kind of naive. I feel like Mia and Sebastian really only had one big thing in common. Like he he frequently like kind of poked jabs at her being an actress and how it's like it, this like this isn't a real job. And then she's like, oh, I hate jazz. But they both had that hunger. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really think kept them together at first and kept them, like, fighting together because they had that in common. But then, like, once things start going, it's eventually like, oh, like, they weren't going to work out in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. I think that was pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Like, they have that initial chemistry of, like, oh, we're both fighting and we're passionate and we're hungry. Well, and once stuff, once stuff starts picking up, it's like, oh, I hate what you're doing and I hate what you're doing. I'm not saying this is this is bad writing, but what else do we know about Sebastian and Mia other than that she's an actress and he's a jazz musician? There's not much backstory on either of them besides um, Mia living in Nevada. Yeah. I, th- um, I think I think the writing's intentionally telling us that this is this consumes both of them. Oh, I was going to say, like, because that's their entire personality. Yeah. Like, yeah. look at Sebastian's house and, like, it's, like, with his fucking stool. He's like, oh, don't sit on that. And she's like, it's a fucking chair. I'm going to sit on a chair. Yeah. It's just you see how much this obsession swallows somebody. And that's that's kind of Damien Chazelle's theme where, like, obviously obsession is the, the driving force behind yeah. Whiplash. I, I, was, I haven't seen First Man. I can't speak about it. I probably should watch it. I'm sure I would like it. I've well, heard amazing things about the score. In a, I've only seen it once, but I remember it being, like, Ryan Gosling, uh, Neil, Neil Armstrong. He's um, going through – there's a bunch of – He's pushing so hard, and there's a bunch of setbacks getting to the moon. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of strains the relationship with his wife and kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of more or less that same kind of story yeah. being told. Damien Chazelle loves a starving artist. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. So, um, long story short, what did we think of the movie? Daniel Stark. Considering I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't really go of- into the specifics, but... There's a lot of thematics in the movie that I were kind of brought to my attention for the most part by you guys, and I'm like, okay, it's got me thinking more. Like, okay, there's more to it than just this bland story. Um, <laughs> it's it really is kind of bland. There's not much going on between songs for the most part mm-hmm. in some scenes, like the second half especially. Oh well, God. I feel like the other thing is <laughs> if you don't appreciate the art that they're working towards, I do. Appre- I do appreciate. Well. Okay, fair. Um, there's like the the set designs and everything is great. Like mm-hmm. the production quality of this movie is fantastic. I did not enjoy the story. Okay. I really did not. Um, yeah. But I, it's a very relatable story to I guess uh, actors and people struggling to make it mm-hmm. in anywhere else. Anybody trying to make it in whatever they're going towards, and it's relatable. So I think. Because of that, because of the production quality, the songs were pretty ha- weren't half bad either. Catchy. Um, seventy-seven. 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 Okay. All right. I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I hate being this guy, but eighty-five. Oh my god. It's because, just a safe bet. Yeah, because it's it's mastery. It, it is. I say this about every fucking movie. I wish I could come up with a better take, but it is solid. Mm-hmm. It's a solid movie. Uh, I think the theme. Although I disagree with it, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's a real thing. But um, yeah, I I think it's a very kind of it. It has a very clear through line. 
Yeah. And you can follow it and you can feel you can relate to both the characters. Um yeah, I I I and I love the cinematography. I love the the kind of um classicness that comes with with the feel of it. Um especially like they even like call back to Rebel Without a Cause showing that scene like with of the car driving through the planetarium and then they do it again in this movie. Um it's nice they uh, apparently they had they had like a really small window of time to shoot that that um lovely night scene. Mm-hmm. So that was all shot in one take obviously like we said before. Um yeah, so like the dedication to trying to tell the the story. Plus However, this was shot in a very short time period. 40 days. That's crazy. Yeah, that For is something that's, of this quality. That's impressive. Yeah, and like, choreography too. Damien Chazelle doesn't sleep. Yeah, he must not. <laughs> Fuck, I should have Googled it. When, how long? Whip, I feel like Whiplash was short. Quickly. Whiplash? It was, it was also, like, very... Because I remember the movie. Like the, 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 I'm on it. We shot it fast. The budget was low. Because, like, J.K. Simmons' wardrobe was just his Well, oh, he brought it from home, yeah. Yeah, exactly. How long did it take to shoot? I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, 19 days. No, yeah. 19 like, days. the fucking bat shit crazy. And yeah. it's just, you see so much of who Damien Chazelle is as a person in at least these two movies like it's fucking think i can't even like when i was in high school i couldn't even like write an essay in like two months and this man filmed two movies and don't put that on just him either though because like the actors there's a lot of long drawn out scenes holy like shit they have to remember so much and they pull it off the opening scene with the cars on the bridge like i feel like that could take normal movies like that probably took two weeks alone honestly Mm-hmm. It was pretty extravagant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, did, did okay. It's still easy top five, probably top three movies. Mm-hmm. I adore it. I think the score is fantastic, and that's what really, really does it for me. In this movie, isn't even it's not the characters, it's not really the story, but it's the music. It's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say a comfortable, maybe like ninety two. Okay. 93 maybe okay. I feel like it kind of the and again I said I said the same thing with Whiplash the intro and the ending really hook me and fucking reel me in they're so good it's just like they're it's mesmerizing really with this one mm-hmm. but there's a lot more in this movie that I could dive into and I, I really want to look into like like there's got to be like some color theory in this like I need to know yeah. why RGB. everything is so specific <laughs> Because it's or, just, it's it just, right. there's certain scenes where, like, it's just, she's always so bright. And it's always primary colors. And there's got to be some fucking reasoning behind it. And I gotta know. That's good. There's and probably I'm sure a there's something. Like, with how, like, there's pretentious probably... this movie feels, there's absolutely <laughs> got to be something. Yeah. But there's also, probably something where, like, mm-hmm. she's she's wearing blue because she's blue at the moment. Her career isn't, isn't too good. And then well, she's yeah. wearing white at the end because her f- career flourished. No, but it's like, like in the beginning, like, she's wearing blue because she's lonely and she's sad and she's at her lowest point and then when she's really with him for the first it's time yellow. and like things are going well she's yellow because she's happy mm-hmm. and yeah it's just, like it's definitely there i just got to look into it more and put some more thought into it but um i think that was all i had oh wait no uh hang on one more thing as to why the movie is so high the planetarium scene mm. which of course it's a given but like when i go oh i want to listen to some nice music I'll pull up the la la land score and i start with planetarium Every single time. Never fails. Hmm. So good. All right. Well, we are seen it before. You can find us on 
Instagram and TikTok with the handle at Seen It Beforecast. That's S C E N E It Beforecast. I'm Dan. I'm Danny. Also, check out our YouTube channel. You forgot to say that. I was saying it to you. Oh, okay. Well, we, we, we haven't discussed YouTube, this at all. We have a YouTube channel now, so we're we're excited. Our first uh, our first in person video was the Batman. In two weeks, we will be doing full time a, a full time video. Hopefully, <laughs> we're going to try to keep this schedule. Yeah, yeah. Unless I mean, if you get a job, we may have to push back to every other week releases. But we'll uh, we're going to try and give video a shot, and we hope you guys enjoy what we do with our video. We love our set. It's Really, it, it took us a while to get going on this, but I, I think it came out pretty well. Yeah, yeah I, li- I like the way that it looks and the camera angles, and uh, you know, we're, we're going to slowly improve, maybe make the set uh, brighter, you know, add little accents here and there. But yeah, for the meantime, uh, I'm Danny. You can find me on Instagram uh, at Danny underscore Wass, my letterbox at DJ Wass, or my YouTube channel, which is Danny Wass. Um, pay attention to the socials um, for what we're doing next uh post teases on fridays and we post the full episodes on sundays and then would you like to say anything no okay well we will see you again in a few weeks for our next movie that we do with you yeah Um, i might be around we'll see you'll be around for this next one oh okay okay oh yeah i will (laughs) yeah you will (laughs) yeah yeah, 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 you will all right but until then it's been an honor as usual and we'll catch you next time